Today, we are concluding our series that we've entitled, I Quit. Now, we've talked about committing to quit making excuses, quit complaining, and last week, quit comparing. By the way, didn't do Jay do a great job last week? Didn't do a great job. Appreciate you, Jay, you know, for doing that. Now, today, we're going to talk about the hardest habit, and I've had a really hard time processing through how to do this well. But what I believe is this, if we will quit this thing, it will bring us more joy, more peace, more perspective in 2021 than we ever could have hoped or imagined, and that is the decision to quit living in fear, to quit living in fear. And so let me start by asking, what are you consistently afraid of? What are you consistently afraid of? In fact, if you're online, put it in the chat. If you're in the room here at Otis, whisper it to the person next to you and just kind of let them know what you are consistently afraid of. Now, as we get into this today, um, I also want to just take a moment to thank Pastor Craig Rochelle, who also preached this sermon, who unlocked some things that really has helped me that I really believe is going to help all of you as well. In fact, let's start when we were really small. Growing up, studies of babies uh, found that they were only afraid across the board naturally of two primary things, babies. Any ideas what it was? Sound? Sound would be one. Loud noises was one. The second, falling. Those are the two responses and reactions to fear that they studied across the board when it comes to babies. Now, I'm guessing that most of you realize that in the early years of your life, you became afraid of some new things. So, for example, how many of you would say that when you were a child, you were afraid of the dark? Okay, afraid of the dark? Put it in the chat, you know, as well. You know, that boogeyman or monster, you know, in the closet or under the bed. How about spiders? Anybody afraid of spiders when you were a kid? Anybody still afraid of spiders? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, I, 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 God bless you. Um, when I was in sixth grade, uh, I became very afraid of the dark, and I'm 13 years old, and I wasn't before then. Unbeknownst to my parents, over a course of a weekend at my friend's house, I got introduced to Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And so I watched them with my friend all weekend long, to the horror of my parents, not only for what I opened my eyes to, but for the next six months, as a 13-year-old son, I was definitely sleeping between my parents, which for many reasons they were not happy with for those next six months. See, again, what I want you to realize is that even though we deal with fear, fear doesn't have to be something that controls us. All of us, if we're honest, have fear in our lives. How we respond or what we do with that fear is the key. The key is not, I quit fearing. The key message we're trying to communicate on this day is that I quit living in fear. So fear is something we will continue to face on this side of eternity, and it is one of the first and major consequences of sin. If you find out in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, this is the next thing that we see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So my response, I hid. I was afraid 
because I was naked. Just like that terrible show, Naked and Afraid. Never watched that. I don't know why people, I got so many jokes in my head about that. Okay. What is or are some of the fears that you're currently living with? Let me give you four common ones that especially in America, we might find ourselves in. And here's what I want you to do. Do a self-inventory and do a check to say, yeah, that's probably the one that I struggle with the most. Here are four of the most common. Number one, fear of loss. That might be you. fear of loss, fear of losing something that's important to you. In other words, for many of you, it's, if you're married, you might be afraid of losing your spouse. As a parent, maybe fear of losing a child. Maybe fear of losing financial loss or, or your job you know, or an investment. For others, it's a fear of losing control. Uh, I want to keep everything the way I want, and if I'm not in control, it makes me afraid. I know that this one is probably most like me. I found even that when I get on airplanes, that this kind of comes to the surface, not because I'm afraid of flying, not because I'm afraid of dying there, but I'm afraid of how I cannot control my body's reaction to the anxiety that typically comes up, and I can't control my own body in the midst of the moment, which causes me to fear getting on airplanes from time to time. For some of you, it's fear of who is in control in our government. Or it's fear for your health, because you have fear of losing it if you contact or contract COVID-19. So how many of you would be honest and say, that's probably mine? Show of hands or put it in the chat that you're saying, probably that's mine. Fear of loss of some kind. Okay, see that? Secondly, fear of failure. It's very common. Fear of failure. We feel like we're going to be inadequate. So we'd, we'd, we'd like to do something, but we're afraid if we're not the best at it. And if we don't win, then why should I even try? So you fear maybe even starting a business or going back to school or reaching out or in school. You're, you're, you're afraid to try something that's new. Uh, you know, maybe you get paralyzed you know, by an opportunity even to move or something that's before you. But you're like, but I'm so afraid that I might fail. You don't even begin to try. You know, or you've tried something and you failed, and because you failed, you're afraid to try again. Raise your hand if that's you. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. Okay. The third one, fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. It's a people-pleasing mindset, and it is paralyzing. I want everybody to get along and everybody to like me. So therefore, I hope that they like my haircut, the way I dress, the decisions that I have to make that might affect their lives, the job that I have. We go through life worried what our friends, what our parents, what other people that we've never even seen might comment on when it comes to social media or something like that. And so we are fearful of rejection. Raise your hand or put it in the chat if that's you. Fear of rejection. Number four, fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Not knowing what will happen if I make this decision paralyzes me in fear, and so I stay exactly where I'm at. For example, some of you might have an open door for a job or a move to a different house or a different location, but because you don't know what's on the other side of that decision, you are paralyzed and you choose not to make that decision. Some of you are stuck in a bad situation at work or even an abusive relationship or some other bad situation, and you'd like to step out of it, but you're so afraid of the unknown, it paralyzes you and still keeps you in an unhealthy situation or an environment. Now, conversely, 
If things are going great, you might be constantly living in fear that something eventually is going to go bad. Because if everything's good, then you're constantly wondering, when's the next shoe that's going to drop? And so you're just like, oh, I know something's going to bad. I know it's good, but I'm just going to be afraid today because I know something's bad. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So once again, in the chat or in the room, raise your hand if it's fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Now let's be honest. How many of you raised or wanted to raise your hands for all four of them? Yep, me too. Okay, there's aspects of each one of the four. Now, some people, this is when they begin to say, you know, especially if you're in churches, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. Kind of. But technically, I disagree. I believe that fear is faith. In fact, this is what unlocked it for me this last week. Fear is faith in the wrong things. Fear is faith, but it's in the wrong things. That is why we have fear, because we're putting our faith into what's not stable and what's not secure. So let's just flesh this out just a, just a few moments. What we fear actually reveals what we value the most. What we fear actually reveals at the heart of it what we value the most. Think about it. For example, if you feel like you're going to lose your marriage, that shows that you really value your marriage. It's not a bad thing. If you fear something's going to happen to your kids, guess what that shows you? You value your kids. Again, not a bad thing. If you fear losing your job or losing your money, then you value financial security and stability. If you fear of losing your life to COVID, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Think about that, that what, again, we fear reveals what we value the most. But you need to take it one step further. What we fear reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear reveals where we trust God the least. Now, this should unlock a lot for you, and I hope it does, because it unlocked a lot for me. Again, what we fear reveals what you value the most, and it reveals where you trust, you and I trust God the least. For example, if you've really worried or been fearful about your marriage, check it out. You're not trusting God with your marriage. You're not. You say you will, but fear and that control and that idea overrides your trust in God's oversight and lordship in your marriage. If you're really fearful about your children, think about that for a second. You're not trusting the protection of your children and our children to God. You're saying, God, I really don't believe that you're good enough and your plan and your purposes will come through for my kids. Therefore, I will contribute by fearing and worrying, and my worry and fear will lead to actions that prove that I don't trust and I don't entrust them to you. Now, we're not talking about being wise. We're not talking about being helpful. We're talking about living in fear. In fact, if you don't trust God with your financial well-being, do you know what you and I are saying? That we're saying that we don't trust God enough that he's going to provide for me because what our fear reveals is what we trust in God. We trust the least when we'd actually put our faith in our finances and resources Instead of trusting God, as Jason said, to oversee it all and who's in all and through all. Does that make sense? If your greatest fear is who is politically in office, then you're not trusting God with oversight of this country and in our lives. If that is a constant fear. If my greatest fear is loss of control, then it, it, then it shows again that I trust God where I trust God the least. Again, 
Nobody's saying that we shouldn't do things to protect our marriages or our kids or engage in the political process or make wise financial decisions. But what is the fear that you and I are living with? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Be honest. Just even if it's with yourself, even if it's just this moment. What am I not trusting God with? What am I not trusting God with? I'm not trusting God with what? Your children? Your future? Your health? Your finances? Someone you love? Your aging parents? COVID? An opportunity before you? Our nation? What is it for you? For me, I know that I can fall into the trap that I'm afraid that I'm not making the right decisions. That some of the decisions that I make on behalf of you or behalf of others may not turn out to be the right ones And so there can be an opportunity to be paralyzed when those decisions come. I know there are times that I can get an overwhelming fear that I've not been a good father or I've not been a good husband because I know me and I know what goes on in the recesses of this sinful brain and where I could be. And I find myself thinking, man, I wonder if I'm going to get to the end and look back and have major regrets. That's some of the fears that I have deep down, just being honest with you. Can you be honest with yourself? Let's own it. In what area of your life are you not trusting God? And whether you're 12 in the room or whether you're 70 in the room, all of us have something that is the temptation for us to live in. Instead of entrusting it to God, we choose to live in fear. So what we want to do for the rest of our time together is to look biblically, how do we face these fears? How do we get to the point where we can say, I quit The first thing is to realize that God wants you. He wants you to quit living in fear. That is his will. That is his desire for your life as much as it is for mine. Notice it doesn't say that we will never be afraid. That's not what he says. Or have fear in our lives, but are we living in fear? And can we commit even on this day to say, you know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to choose to stop living in fear. In fact, this is what God says in 2 Timothy, when you and I receive him, 1-7, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. It's not what he's given us when we receive him, or of timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Now, understand this. There is a healthy fear that is out there. And this is where it can kind of get a little confusing, and I'm going to try to unpack it. But there's a healthy fear that stops us from doing stupid things, right? Some, some harmful things. Like, for example, at some point, I realized through a healthy fear, it wasn't good for me to run on a highway during rush hour. You know, that that's not good, that I might die. And so a healthy fear prevents me from running out into the middle of the street. So that is a healthy fear. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what dogs, dogs, that's not what God is talking about. Dogs as well. Some some of you are afraid of dogs, I know that. So many of us are consumed by the fear that I mentioned. We're always worried, anxious, we're always overwhelmed, living paralyzed by something that God did not give us. So how do we do this? First, and this one's going to sound counterintuitive, but it actually starts by fearing the Lord. It actually starts by fearing the Lord. Fear is not bad, like I just mentioned. There's a healthy fear that helps to protect us, that helps to guide us, to help to lead us in life. It's a healthy fear, just like I mentioned, not running into the street. See, God wants to protect. He wants to love. He wants to guide. But we need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapters 10, verse 12 says this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord God require of you? 
He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him with all of your heart and soul. That is a healthy awe. It's a healthy respect and an honor type of fear. Proverbs 1, 7 says this, fear the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Or in the New Testament, Hebrews 12, 28 says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Or Matthew 10, 28, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. If you're going to be afraid, fear only God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. See that fear? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we're not to be scared of God. That's not what he's asking for us. We have no reason to be scared of him. We have a promise that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Ever. We have his promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. Fearing God means having such a reverence for him. Such, a, such a, an awe-inspiring respect that we obey him, we submit to his discipline, and we worship him with awe. That's a healthy fear, and it's the first step for us to begin to say, I quit living in fear, is when we start in a healthy way fearing the Lord. So the first is the fear of the Lord. Second is to acknowledge our fear and then choose to trust God. You've got to admit that it's there. Acknowledge our fear and choose to trust him over and over. In the Old Testament, there's a guy by the name of David, that he was supposed to be the next king. Saul, who's the current king at the time, finds out that David is supposed to be the king. He rises up in major jealousy. In fact, he tries to kill him on a number of occasions. So David spent a good chunk of earlier of his adult life running for fear of his life. So that's the setting when we find that David actually writes these words in the Old Testament that I hope is an encouragement to you as much as it is for me. In Psalms 56, verse 2, David writes this in this situation in his life. I am constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? That's powerful words. He's not you know, denying the fact that he's afraid. He's not denying the fact that this was going to happen, but he takes it and he says, you know what? I'm going to acknowledge my fear, and then I'm going to put my eyes and my trust of that fear before God. It's to make that choice. See, when we acknowledge the fear and trust God, the fear begins to subside in our lives, but it won't happen unless we acknowledge it, unless we admit it, which leads us to the third way. So not only are we fearing God, but we're trusting you know, in him, but we got to seek God until he takes away our fears. We have a chance to seek him, seek him in his word, seek him in prayer, seek him in life groups as you begin to open up with one another about the reality of what you're going through in life. Psalms 34 verse 4 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. That is a promise of God. Again, fear will creep up. The key is to quit living in it. In fact, there's, a, there's an old pastor by the name of John Wesley great man of God. He said this, I've never known more than 15 minutes of anxiety or fear in my life. And I was like, what? Then he goes on to write this. Whenever I feel 
fearful emotions overtaking me, I close my eyes, thank God that he is still on the throne, reigning over everything, and I take comfort that he is in control over all the affairs of my life, and that he's still king of kings and lord of lords. That's what he does. Every single time, the emotions begin to come. Understand this. God may not take away the reality of your situation in your health, in your job, in your relationships, or even in the loss that you might be suffering. But he will take away your fear over time as we focus on him. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Uh, another uh, person who does a great job teaching us about God's word is a woman by the name of Beth Moore. She's a great Bible teacher. In one of her books, you know, she wrote about her greatest fear. And uh, I'm going to butcher maybe some of this, but I think you'll, lose, you'll, you'll get the point because she was afraid and was consumed by the loss potentially of her husband. She constantly said, well, what, what would happen to my life if I lost my husband? What would happen to my life? And it was just consuming and overwhelming. So one day she was talking to God and she was praying and she was seeking him. And she writes this in the book, God, what if I lose my husband? And she felt like God just kind of said to her, well, what if? And she's like, well, if I, if I lost him, I'd probably go numb the next few days, and my friends would probably help me get ready for the funeral, and I would just kind of get through it. She felt like she heard God saying to her, yeah, and then what? Then she said, well, then I probably wouldn't get dressed for a month, and I would just sit at home and cry and cry and cry. And God said, yeah, and then what? Well, then I'd not get dressed for another month. And I would just sit at home and cry and cry and cry and miss him and be absolutely devastated. And then what? Well, at some point, God, I'd probably start to seek you and you would be faithful and you would help me go on with my life. And God responded, exactly. See, sometimes we've got to go down the what if train. We have to go down. If I do this often with yourself or you do this with other people, I've done this with my family, I've done this with my kids on a regular basis. And maybe you've done this with yours. And you start playing. And if you're, if you're in high school, there's so much anxiety that you guys are living with and you start getting to it. What am I stressed out about? What am I fearful of? Well, you know, I, as, I, as I talk to my own son, you know, he says, well, I, I, I might get bad, a, a bad test score. I'm like, okay, then what? Well, then I'm going to fail the class. I'm like, okay, then what? Then I'm going to drop out of school. I'm like, okay, then what? Then I'm going to live on the street. I'm like, okay, then what? Then I'm going to die in the gutter. And then by that time, he's laughing. Because you got to go down that train to be able to say, okay, say it out loud of where it could possibly lead and continue to say God is going to be there in and through all of it. See, what we fear the most reveals what we value the most, and what we fear reveals where we trust God the least. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of, and of self-discipline. The last thing that I would say, again, on this, is that we need others to get through this. That's why he created the body of Christ. I know that some of the fears that you have is because of some of the deep trauma that you have gone through or that other people have done to you earlier in life. God uses people like professional counselors and others, of which we have some, to be able to walk you through some of the major trauma that I never want to minimize from this platform. For some of us, 
or other fears that we have. We just need to involve other people in the process because what we struggle with may not be something that somebody else struggles with, and you can help each other on that journey of faith. So what fears have you lived with long enough? What has been constant in your life? Where are you not trusting God and you're choosing to continue to live in fear? What is that for you? Could it be that today might be the first day truly of the rest of your life that you can begin to be set free from living in fear? It's time to come before God and you know what it is. You know what you need to do to honestly in your heart, whether you're watching online, you're in the room, need to say, you know what? I quit living in fear. I can't do it without him, and I'm going to need other people to work through this, but I'm going to quit in 2021 because it is so much better the life that God wants for you and through you as you commit to going on that journey. So as we finish, what fear today will you declare to God and others that you will quit living in? What is that? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Father, what a powerful reminder Lord, I know that I have learned some great things, Lord, from your servants this week. I've, I've just really grown in this, and I just thank you for just this reminder and, and for the, some of the new things. And I pray, Father, you would just allow us to first identify and be honest. This is what we continue to find ourselves living in. Here's the fear, and I pray that we would commit right now. You would hear the prayers of people in this room and people who are watching online to declare before you, God, I quit living in this fear. And God, if there's anybody in the room or watching online who is fearing life after death, who is fearing eternity, I pray that you would calm our hearts. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that you say, Jesus, I surrender my life to that ultimate fear knowing that my life is in your hands in this life and for all eternity. Help me to make that known to somebody else in the coming moments or the coming days to come. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.